As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Okay, Mike, we've talked about the crypto space on here, specifically Bitcoin and blockchain, but I, don't know, I never found out where you stood on all of it. Oh, gosh. Well, I am not any sort of blockchain expert or you know anything like that. I mean, I have a little bit of cryptocurrency that I bought a long time ago, which good news for me is I bought it a long time ago. I'm pretty much just sitting on it. I'm not necessarily doing too much more with it. So I don't know. I look at it as one of those things where it could turn to zero or I don't know. Maybe I become a millionaire from it, Michael. You never know. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I've talked about it a little in the past, but uh, you know, I built an early Bitcoin and Litecoin miner that I ran out of my apartment in San Diego almost a decade ago now. It was a fun little project to learn about the space, but you know, I, I don't talk about it too much. And despite the recent bloodbath, I actually have about a third, uh, I'd say, of my net worth in 
crypto. So it's a space I, I really do get excited about, but only when the opportunity presents itself. All right. So I take it today we're going to talk about enterprise SaaS then, right? Yeah. Um... <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm sure we have some juicy crypto confessions. At least that's what it sounds like here. Maybe we'll reveal what happened to Quadriga's founder or maybe the answer behind the mysterious block hash 528249. Yeah, I, I don't think we'll be tackling any of those, honestly, but I, who knows, <laughs> right? Let's, uh, let's get into the show. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. Okay, so you incorrectly guessed today's confessions are all about crypto. <laughs> well, I hope today's guest is well-versed in this world. I think so, yeah. Today we welcome Hosan Azari to the show. Hosan is a doctor and the founder and CEO of Seamork, which is a provider of compliance tools for enterprises needing access to clean, consistent data on the blockchain. Previously... Hosen was the chief scientist at Clarity Money, which was sold to Goldman Sachs for $100 million in 2018. Hosen, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, my name is Hossein. I have been uh, working in the uh, personal finance and more specifically, uh, last couple of years on, in the blockchain space. And my general mission after uh, doing a little bit of work in the space is to basically build platforms that helps with uh, bringing ownership and a level financial playing field for the people, both in U.S. and worldwide. And I'm really a big believer on that, on the like capability of innovation through blockchain. And um, my current business is on, on that frontier, both helping businesses with uh, access to blockchain, as well as a new retail product. We launched Seymour app that would help onboard uh, the next billion people we want to onboard on crypto. All right, well, let's get into that first confession. It's one that we're calling trying to get ahead. I'm an engineer at a fairly well-known tech company. I do well, but I don't feel like I'm able to get ahead. I'm now in my mid thirties. I have a wife and two young boys. We're currently renting our townhome in San Francisco, and I have this nagging feeling like I should be investing in a property of our own instead of paying the mortgage for someone else. The problem is, I'm having trouble building up a down payment fast enough to be able to afford something that I feel like is worth owning. I do buy stocks from time to time, but I'm not into making money fast or anything like that. Honestly, my wife would be so mad if I lost a bunch of money on a risky bet. I know you guys did an entire season on blockchain, and I've been seeing more and more news about Bitcoin's rising value. I'm wondering, do you think this is a place people like me should be investing, or is it still more for risk-averse folks? So we need to preface this and say that we're not financial advisors, so please do your own research before making any risky investments such as cryptocurrency. Also, this confession was obviously submitted before the recent crash, so... Yeah, just keep in mind, we're here for entertainment. Nothing discussed should be taken as financial advice. Okay, with all of that said, uh, Hosen, what did you make of this confession when you first heard it? There is a lot of, you know, get-rich-quick thinking out there with crypto, which is not healthy, it's not good for the space, it's not good for people involved in it. Uh, I think a good understanding of your risk portfolio, what you are willing to, you know, do a 
kind of a risky bet with and what you're willing to kind of accumulate as as your investment, long-term investment or real estate or mortgage uh, down payment, uh, they should be thought differently. Uh, obviously, uh, the crypto risk pro- profile is not is not compatible with uh, with a, a mortgage, you know, risk profile. Okay. Uh, so, and and it's very unfortunate that you know this person, an engineer, very obviously educated, affluent. It's very unfortunate we don't have personal finance teaching in like undergrad or like even like you know as something that you can just learn uh, from your parents or someone you trust, uh, maybe yeah. a little bit better. So, but these things should be so trivial for people uh, to kind of, you know, uh, not even think about it that way. Yeah. Uh, so um, happy to dig into. I mean, there's a lot to unpack there, quite honestly, about like personal finance and how people build up to, you know, to those points. Let's I, let's do it. I think a lot of people struggle with this, right? I mean, when you even when you do well, when we live in these more expensive cities, it's hard to build up enough savings. And I think sometimes people are kind of flirting with uh, riskier investments in order just to kind of get ahead or, or get where they feel like they should be. What what kind of advice would you give to someone who, who doesn't feel like they're able, they're, they're really able to save enough in order to to buy something as standard as as a home yeah i mean uh i think the, uh, it probably won't solve the uh, that person's who is already like you know in that position like very in very short term yeah i think a healthier uh, personal finance that we could build for people is from the early times when they are 20 when they are 18 years old you know tell them look 10 years from now you would want to pay down payment yeah. right uh, 12 years from now, you would want to pay a down payment. Work toward it. 10 years is is a long time to build something, right? I mean, and you could like, if you saved, you know, and like invested even like in like a market, uh, uh, you know, weekly, uh, you could build a good momentum yep. and, and you could build a healthier finance. Uh, it's unfortunate to like, you know, uh, with with a lot of life decisions that you you kind of put yourself in that position. Oh, I need this down payment. I don't have it now. I think that the better way to think about this situation is just it's never late, right? Thirty four mm. years old. I'm thirty four. Like, and yes. I I feel I feel like twenty. I mean, you have a lot <laughs> a lot of time in front of you, right? And and you, you could keep building it. So. Uh, and building a kind of a healthier approach, having a five to 10 years plan. Uh, hey, five years from now, you could be in a position that you have options, you you have ca- capabilities to choose, which you build from today. And uh, how do you think of kind of the the crypto investments? I know, know there's there's many, right? There's there's these kind of like coins that that are highly susceptible to, to manipulation. There's the larger coins like Bitcoin, which are still susceptible to to manipulation do you feel like these should be a part of someone's portfolio uh, have we gotten to that point yet in in kind of the you know the the crypto asset uh space yeah i mean i think everybody should make their own obviously financial decisions based on their understanding of uh what they are kind of uh, you know doing personally the what i the way i look at these uh, it, like for my career and how I see the next 10 years and 20 years, I look at where is the growth sector that I think mm. 
a lot of things will happen. There will be a lot of good stuff coming out of it. Back in two, early 2000s, somebody could have like, you know, thought hard about this and concluded, oh, tech is going to do well. Like, or early 2010s, like somebody could have looked at that and say like, well, I think tech is still going to do well, but fintech probably would do much better because they're like some, some new stuff coming up, right? So, and and in, in, in those two situations, the difference of those two with blockchain that now I think is going to be the next decade trend is, even if you taught those in early 2000s or 2010s, you had no way to invest in those growth sectors as, as it just, you know, not a like a VC or something, right? As an individual person, you couldn't get exposure to those until you waited and they, they get public and they've done most of their run. So the good thing with crypto is if you convince yourself and you look at this and you say, look, I think there will be a lot of economic activity happening on so-and-so blockchain, mm-hmm. right? So as long as you have the conviction and you're, you're willing to bet on that, there is a way that you can buy into it and wait, wait the 10 years. Yeah. So and the way I look at my career, stuff that I do overall, I try to find that 10-year growth uh, and do stuff in direction of that, either invest or spend my time, which is, I think, they are kind of the best asset you got is time. Um, and uh, uh, have a very long-term view. I will be right back after a quick break. All right, we are back. That was a great start. Now, this next one, this is a question that many listeners might have. Yeah, it's a trending topic right now as it could represent the future of art sales or at least a new avenue for artists to sell their digital work. We're calling this confession NFTs. I've been seeing a lot of hype about these NFTs. One night I got so excited and went down a rabbit hole after seeing Grimes put some exclusive pieces up for sale. I went into Rarible and bought one just to get a sense of what all the hype is about. I'll be honest, even after buying it, I still don't really get it. Can you guys help me understand what I bought? Will it grow in value? Or should I have just kept holding my Ethereum? All right, Hosen, NFTs, can you give us a rundown here? That's an awesome question. So I think there are uh, two two uh, separate answers to this that I want to give both. Okay. One is qualifying the current NFTs that are out there and thinking about what one, I don't know what, what this person bought, but what you might end up buying out there today. Yeah. So the other thing is thinking about NFTs, is this a real thing that will, you know, you know, has, has legs as an idea to change the world for good? So okay. I will, I'll try to answer both, but I will start from the kind of more pessimistic. The okay. <laughs> stuff. So look, I mean, if you, what I suggest people to do is when they're looking at these NFTs, just understand what you are paying your money, right, for, like, understand the terms and conditions of that thing, just go, with, I mean, you know, you don't need to be a lawyer to understand some of these stuff, it, mm. like, it really it shows, like, if you kind of simply read or look, what what you are owning, especially when you are spending, like, some, um, you know, reasonably large amount of money, uh, that is the homework everybody should do, and me personally doing that, I've noticed that we are in the early days and there's a lot of like restrictions and stuff like that around some of these assets that I would, I would, I would work with them carefully. Okay. okay. 
So okay. um, uh, that said, uh, I mean, we actually have an NFT collectible like integration in, in my company's app now, and we are very positive about this space and where it is going. So um, long run, uh, NFTs, basically, the principal idea behind them is to enable you to have a certain type of digital ownership that we don't have or we didn't have. Uh, and the amazing thing about internet is it has grown so fast, so big, we, we haven't addressed some questions and we think that current state of internet is just the absolute you know, state that we need to kind of consider as world state. However, internet has grown so fast that we have really didn't think, oh, the photos you put on Instagram, I mean, maybe they are your photos, but uh, Instagram is kind of monetizing them and like making benefits from like, what do you get out of it, right? Some people yeah. get something out of it, but it's not uh, absolute. But but there is a digital ownership concept that needs to come with internet. And that's mm. the kind of one of the principal problems that blockchain has its solution for it. And I think that is manifesting itself and like these NFTs, basically. Uh, I totally imagine a world that anything you say or anything you do, you put online, it is attached to you. It is like your property. And there is a way to track that. And that will be through NFTs. And in that world, NFTs will be just a total new kind of framework of properties. Now, Banksy can come, uh, you know, and start putting his stuff in like form of NFTs. And then those things will be worth like millions of dollars, but not necessarily anything that anybody put on there, right? So it, it will be just a new framework of doing this stuff. And um, uh, and you might hit like some real art, great artist that is like pretty new now and putting the stuff out there. You might buy a couple of pieces from that artist and 10 years from now that could that artist could end up being Banksy, the new Banksy. So yeah. that's luck. Uh, but but thinking about this space and how it grows, uh, I personally think Ethereum is a kind of uh, instrument that gives you exposure on the future of this space. Uh, so to me, holding Ethereum means if something great happens on this platform, I I will I will be exposed to it. I will be yeah. capturing some of that versus like going in the, down the rabbit hole and doing one specific thing. Unless you hit the next Banksy, uh, it might be a kind of a higher risk in the spectrum of things that you can do with crypto. Yeah, so it sounds like, to summarize, really early on, but there is a vision for the future in which this is almost standard to, to, to internet behavior and, and ways to exchange value online. And what they bought maybe worth something it may not it really depends on who that artist is and what happens in the future much like buying an actual piece uh, a physical piece of art correct yeah. uh, and, and they're just waves on crypto right there there, there are three very clear ways the first way was bitcoin as a reserve asset yep. people started talking about this from 2012 13 and now we are seeing that's kind of getting into it like a big trend the second wave is DeFi, decentralized finance. Oh, we can bring finance on these platforms. That that second wave started like from 2015-16 as serious discussions. Ethereum itself launched in 15, um, 2015-16. And then, uh, then we have like five years of that and we are seeing some fun stuff coming out of that. 
the third wave is like NFTs, which really started probably a couple of years ago, and and now it's starting to have its first inning. So um, even in the spectrum of everything crypto, these things are earlier. So you need to consider that. We'll be right back after a quick break. Okay, so it's that time again. Yes, our two big takeaways to end the episode. And I'll go first. Um, my takeaway is that, well, investing, it's a really personal thing. And, and we need to really do what feels right for us, not just what we hear other folks are getting rich doing. As we've seen with the most recent dip in value across almost all cryptocurrencies, nothing is guaranteed to go up indefinitely. There are lots of places to put your money. You have to do your research. You have to make your own decisions. Well put. And I've got a general takeaway, and that's technology moves fast, but it also moves slow, right? When we look at cryptocurrencies, this is an idea that dated back to 1996 when Nick Zabo pioneered the idea of smart contracts and then went on to create BitGoal, which is a precursor to Bitcoin. And here we are today with people working in tech, still kind of curious about how this all works. And that's nearly uh, 25 years later. So all that to say, take as much time as you need to research and learn. The opportunity will still be here when you're ready. Very nice, very well put. And I think we're ready to sort of end the episode here. So that's all for this week. Um, we will be back right here very soon for Rocketship.fm. We are Michael Saka and Mike Belsito. So long. Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It is your support that keeps the show going. If you can, take a second and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps out the show so much. We're also part of the Podglomerate Network. And if you'd like to listen to more great shows from the Podglomerate, go to thepodglomerate.com to see the full show listings. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. Go to productcollective.com and get access to our weekly newsletter, live video interviews, Slack community, product job board, and a whole lot more. Again, just go to productcollective.com.